0: Everybody, I'm Kathy Fielder and welcome to the Fielder Report. Today I'm beyond thrilled to have this beautiful lady um, who is extraordinary next to me, the gifted Tracy Warder. She is an ex CIA agent, she's an ex FBI agent, she's an author, she's an educator, and I'm just honestly thrilled to have you here. Well thank you for having <laughs> me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. After reading your book, you know I just have so many questions because you know you were a sorority girl, Blonde, ended up in the CIA fighting terrorism after 9-11. But what I found most intriguing and cool about it is how like you took so much upon you, right? You felt personally responsible and you went out and you did something about it. So tell me, you know, was that sense of urgency and responsibility always kind of your personality? I think so. So my
1: parents have always sort of instilled in me Um, it's not that they're mean or harsh, but just stop complaining. Um, Mm -hmm. If if it's bothering you that much, if something, a situation is bothering you that much, an emotion's bothering you that much, do something about it. And so I, gosh, that's kind of a slogan they've had for us since I could remember. And so I think that was just always instilled in me and it kind of still is today, I think too. Right.
0: And so you were in school, Mm -hmm. in a sorority, in California, (laughs) living the life and you got recruited by the CIA. Or I think you went to a job fair. Yes, and I gave them my resume there. And did you go there specifically wanting to give them your resume? Or did you just happen upon <laughs> I mean, like what, who says, okay, <laughs>
1: take me? Um, no, I did not. I would love to, you know, tell everyone that this was something I wanted to do my entire life. It's, it's not necessarily. Um, but I had a really cool professor yeah. who was like, "Hey, you should look at other ways to apply your degree. Why not have a little fun before you, you know, decide to do the career that you're going to have your whole life, which yeah. is education?" I Great said, advice. "Okay." Mm-hmm. So um, I went. I interned for a senator. Um, I interned in a law firm. I interned at a museum. You know, all different things I could do. See what I could do with history, mm-hmm. um, and. I started becoming interested in terrorism after I saw Bin Laden being interviewed on TV. right? And I was like, what is this? And yeah. so I started adding like Middle Eastern history classes and just to, to gain more insight. And I was like, well, where do I work terrorism? Like who does that? <laughs> and so I think, you know, I'm older, so this is before 9/11. This is in the '90s when terrorism wasn't sort of the issue du jour, right? Um, and so, really, we were all
0: kind of live large. Yeah, like the CIA was... was
1: kind of where people looked at Russia, kind of like these yeah. old men who, yeah. you know, studied Russia. Um, but I went to that table and I was like, hey, do you guys do terrorism? <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I am blonde and I really think it'd be fun. <laughs> I had no idea. And he's like, yes, we do. We have a, a counterterrorism center. I was like, okay, here's my resume. And I That's just kind so of funny peddled did on. He onto like, class. Did he chuckle? or anything, or you go, no, I'm trying to, I mean, I really remember my recruiter. He was a wonderful man. I, he was just very factual. I was like, yeah, we, we do look at terrorism at, at the agencies. That's something you're interested in. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm taking these classes. Here's my resume. And then I just got back on my bike and like pedaled on to my astronomy <laughs> class.
0: <laughs> and little did you know where this okay, was gonna called. lead, yeah. at, right? And you're, you're like, wow. <laughs> so you go through a lot of interviews and yes, you had to, and you know, one thing I want to say is that um, it's really important to understand that these kinds of careers don't just happen. Correct. Right. Yes. And there's a lot of hard work. Yes. And there's a lot of determination. Yes. That's a good point. Yes. And and so you know I know that whenever you were going to your interview or one of them when reading your book you got very very sick, <laughs> and you know you just pulled up your pants and you got going and you got yes. it done right. <laughs> yes. And so I think that's such a good thing to share. Um, that determination Mm -hmm. is one of the major factors in becoming a success at being a spy.
1: When I almost dropped out of the whole process, actually, um, during my polygraph, Mm -hmm. um, it was eight and a half hours. And it was was really, really draining. And so I was so young that my mom came with me to Virginia to do sort of that whole battery of tests. Um, And I didn't fail it, but my instructor or the polygrapher just kind of leaned back and was like, this is inconclusive. You're lying. And I was like, what? And it was, uh, the question was, had I ever used drugs? And I hadn't. I've never used a drug right. still to this day. And you can actually work at the agency and have had used drugs. That right. is not a, right. a mitigating factor. But he just couldn't believe it. And You just problem, can't lie about it. And I did it, <laughs> right? But it's kind of like um, you know, for for kids or whatever, when you know you get pestered by your parent, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying. Your blood pressure goes like way up because yeah. you know you're telling the truth, and yeah. that's what was happening. Is my blood pressure kept going up? So I essentially failed. But he wanted me to come back the next day, so I, I went again. Well, I went back to the hotel, and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Like, yeah. mom, like, let's leave. I'm done. And so behind my back, my mom called my recruiter and was like, hey, you need to like talk to her because she's done. And he convinced me to go again. Um, And I went the next day and I passed. Good mama. So I almost did (laughs) stop.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, all of us have been through things, right? Where we want to stop and we go, no, we've got to move forward. So you're obviously not the typical agent, right, that you would, some, someone would think of, if, if maybe in a Bond movie or in Hollywood, <laughs> right? Yes. But, and so, you know, I mean, you, you're bubbly and you're smiley, great smile, blonde hair. So tell me, you know, what really, um, the challenges you faced because of the way you looked? So at the agency, it was interesting, not that
1: many. Um, and I think part of it maybe is is pop culture now. Back then, right. I don't even know that there was a new James Bond. I think Sean Connery <laughs> was still like the old James Bond. Um, and so we it really wasn't as glamorized as I do think yeah. you know we see now with like the CIA or right. the FBI. I mean, I think initially there was this little, like, what is this? Uh Like, what do we do with Uh this? But, you know, a lot of the women that I worked with in the counterterrorism center were just out of college. Um, My two best friends at the agency um, were ex-sorority girls. Um, So I think people would be surprised um, sort of when they saw some of the women d- don't fit the narrative that we see in pop culture sure but has kind of always been there the fbi was a different story um <laughs> yeah but um i think at the cia it, i didn't have too many problems sort of right. being who i was
0: what was the most um terrifying moment for you in the middle east um that's a really good question <laughs> um Which I didn't ask you this before. No, I know. So I'm I'm
1: trying to think. I like this. It's very organic. So I don't think I put this in the book. Um, I was in a war zone. I can't really talk about what country, but I was in a war zone. And we were in, It's like a black suburban, but it was bulletproof. They look a little different than, than black suburbans. And we were doing something and they mistook us for the wrong country and a uh, friendly country fired on us um, oh. in the car. And so even though it's bulletproof, your body's not used to that thinking kind of... this car is bulletproof. That's sure. not really like where your brain goes. And so, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you're like, I, these bullets are gonna go through. Mm-hmm. They didn't, but, but I think that got my blood pressure up, you know, a little, a little bit. Obviously they stopped firing once they figured out that we were Americans, but
0: right, um, that could have been a bad situation. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, do you uh, uh, do you instantly just jump out of your seat and go? Yeah, forward? you go to right? the right. I mean, you just react. Yeah. So. you go to
1: the floor. Everyone did. It wasn't like I was the only one that did. Sure, of course. Um, you know, just because certain kinds of guns can penetrate, you know, of armored course. vehicles, and so we all did. Um, and our car didn't work after that because of how many bullets it had in it, but. Um, None of them made it through the
0: carb. So that brings me to a very interesting question. When you are going through that sort of elevated stress every day of your life, how do you maintain some, first question is, how do you maintain some sense of normalcy, right? Um, And then the second question is, is when you come back how do you downshift, you Mm -hmm. know? um, I live a pretty, or before whenever we were all out and about, I led a pretty euphoric life, right? And Mm -hmm. out and doing amazing things, meeting amazing people, and to come home the next morning and still be um, making bacon and eggs and trying (laughs) to get my little (laughs) man to school, you know, it's a big downshift, but that's a huge downshift. So tell me how you kind of, you, you keep yourself sane during and what you do to stay sane after. Well, so I think that's why it was so important for
1: me um, to put in my book, you know, that I like to shop, that I like to yeah. get facials, that I like to watch, I guess, ridiculous TV, like I <laughs> love The Real Housewives, I love The Bachelor, all of those things. Um, I think people would be surprised to see, you know, when we're in war zones, the guys are doing sort of their male wind down things. Yeah. And we're doing our, you know, f- we would read Vanity Fair together. We would read, you know, Harper's Bazaar Magazine together. We would watch yeah. like ridiculous Bachelor reruns on TV and like we need that and I know sometimes it may seem like I'm like belittling the profession But you can't be on all of the the time time. Mm -mm. Um, That's just not gonna work and I guess the great thing is that at the agency you don't you can't take your work home with you Because it's classified. Sure. So if it was a normal day meaning I was you know in the office I would go home and not have any work um, To do so I would work. I started working out a lot. That was
0: like a huge Stress reliever for me, Um, so so that's just kind of self care. Yes,
1: (laughs) right. And I still do it. You have to have self care. Yes.
0: Um, so tell me, you know, you were working at the agency and you were sitting there figuring out terrorists and finding cells and all this stuff and you've got George Bush walking into your <laughs> office and like, you know, the first time that George W. walked in, what were you, what were you thinking? <laughs> I mean, you, you didn't know he was coming in, right? Or No,
1: you know? we didn't. I mean, I think we assumed based on the program that I was working that like clearly people right. in charge at some point right. were gonna come in but I mean, just so everyone
0: understands, this is post 9
1: 11. So, this is, um, I was read in, meaning I gained a security clearance to that program about a week before 9 11. Oh. And then, once 9 11 happened, that program got kicked into really high gear. High gear. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I think we knew important people would be coming in, right. but we were just so focused on what we were doing yeah. that. Yes, I mean of course that's amazing that he's standing behind me, but you don't have time to sort of get caught up in that He was always very very nice Um, and most people that came in there were very very nice, Uh, left us treats and things like that (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was a really um, Obviously great experience, but I didn't have time to sometimes think about who was behind Sure um,
0: And that brings me to another point, your passion to to find these terrorists and to make a difference and make an impact is really one of the most striking parts of your book for me. Thank you. Of course. um, This innate sense in you to to help and find and make an impact, um, you know, I, I, I really admire that. Thank you. Because not everybody's wired that way. And it was such important work that you were doing. And I think, did you understand, I mean, did it continue to just grow this understanding of how important what you were doing? was so. To our culture? This is a strange answer to that question. I think
1: sometimes being very young um, right. worked in my favor in that I don't know that I had time to think about yeah. the impact of what I was doing. None of us really did. My friends and I, we would go out and like we didn't talk about you know what we were doing. We would go yeah. and have wine and hang out. That's right. just kind of what we did. Um, And that's not to say we didn't care, we did. Sure. But sometimes when you're young, you're not thinking about like the gravity,
0: right? Of what you're doing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I guess that brings you to the point we were talking about, I said, you know, I I really kind of had aspirations to one day, maybe, you know, when I was younger, do what you did. Um, But now I have a daughter and a son and the thought of being able to do it I'm a little older, right? A little more experience under my yeah. belt. And so, has, how has having your daughter changed your perspective, <laughs> your life? You know what I mean? Because yeah. it is, it, it's a game changer, obviously. Yeah,
1: and it's it, to be honest, it's one of the reasons I left the agency. You know, I was doing really well there um, and I had a really great experience, but I knew I wanted sort of this like stable yeah. life. And I'm still in contact with many people who still work there and it's not a very beneficial environment to have that mm-hmm. kind of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with my daughter now, I don't obviously I couldn't go back um, right. but I, I want her to sort of know what I did. and the interesting thing is it's actually given me more appreciation for my parents because right. I, if she wanted to do this, I have to let her do it because my parents mm-hmm. let me do it. Yeah and I'm like scared to have her do it. Right. But now that I'm a mom, I get where my parents must have been. What
0: they must have gone through. Yes. You know, you were writing that they didn't always know you were overseas. Yes. right of course, of course you had to keep all of that to yourself yes. for obvious reasons yes. Um And calling her from the middle of a war zone you know to get a hair point yeah you know. but that's that sense of normalcy right yeah. and I think that just what had to hear me, her voice
1: yeah grounded to oh I'm, I'm gonna make it out of here alive yeah um, for sure. that was one place I had went to that I honestly wasn't sure and so I think for me I've never told anyone that before so I think for <laughs> me making that phone call was a way to say okay
0: I can make it through I have this. This coming back yes, yes I'm gonna see you soon yes. right I have, I've got an Appointment. I need to <laughs> so, yeah. for <from> my roots. <laughs> <laughs> right. my hair. Okay. Yes. No. I know. And so that really is. Um, I think um, once the, the children change at all, does the agency ever call you to uh, consult, mm. or, or is the, does the knowledge and the information change so much all the time? Yeah, I've
1: never been um, called to consult. I do um, work with uh, BBC yeah. or you know Al Jazeera, Fox News, yeah. um, you know, to give input on things as a former. Um, CIA officer, but now, no other than to send them things to redact, (laughs) um, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes,
0: and then what about, so then you went from the CIA to the FBI, Yes. Um, and just to kind of explain just for people who might not necessarily know the difference between the two agencies.
1: So, um, the CIA is an intelligence gathering organization, Mm -hmm. that is their job, that's all they do, Um, gather intelligence that, you know, is critical to the safety of the homeland, Um, and they operate outside of the United States when they do that. FBI is a law enforcement organization. Mm-hmm. They operate inside the United States. So they're looking to indict, prosecute, and try people for crimes. Right.
0: So that's, I guess, the most clean. Clean cut version <laughs> of the, yeah. Yes. And so tell me, when you switch over to the FBI, it was obviously a very different environment. Yes. And you mentioned that um, women weren't as highly respected necessarily in the FBI as they in the CIA. So is that something you want to touch on? Yeah,
1: so um, it's funny, I left the agency, I think for the right reasons. Like I wanted a family mm-hmm. and I didn't want to go overseas anymore. That was right. it, those were the only two reasons I left. Right. And I'd won awards, I was so happy there. And I thought, hey, I can still work counterterrorism, but I can do that stateside, right? That was my reasoning. Um, and so, you know, they came to headquarters to interview me, whatever, I got the job. Um, and I think for me, the difference now that I've actually had time to do, I did a, I wrote an article about like the difference between the two and genders, and I was researching, and I didn't know this. So the CIA, as early as like 1952, 53, mm-hmm. have been talking about the fact that women were like marginalized there. They've it's at true. least they have not really done anything about it, but at least they but talked. They've about it. had the conversation. Like yeah. at least yeah. we acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, the FBI was forced to have females become special agents in 1972. Right. So I was born in the 70s. That really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, and they were forced to it. And so I think that creates a very
0: different dynamic. dynamic.
1: It's completely and different. And I didn't realize that until mm-hmm. I had done that that research that that is going to create some tension.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> well, I remember you talking about the agent not really ever letting you make the arrest or do any other stuff. And finally you were like, hey man, yeah, I, 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 I'm here to do my job, yeah. so we do it, right? <laughs> so, but I think that's a great point. You know, you're very much about educating, especially women, um, younger women, girls, teenage girls, about how empowered you can be and being self-aware and really just taking what you want to take, you know, in the right way, but just going out and getting it done. And so, you know, you taught at a school for girls Mm -hmm. for several years Mm -hmm. and you had a great class that you kind of inspired them to pay attention to politics, be involved in politics, all of these things that we really need for our younger generation to do. And so tell me a little bit about that and how you have feel like you've empowered that generation. So I think What happened to me at the
1: FBI was bad, but in a way it helped me find my Mm -hmm. calling as a teacher. Mm -hmm. So trying to find sort of the the positive about that. Um, You know, I left there, I graduated Quantico, I left the FBI and decided to, you know, get my degree in education. And so I think for me, what I started to realize is we, associate femininity with incompetence sometimes in, yeah. in those types That's of a jobs. great way to put it. Not always, but in those yeah. types of jobs, and until we stop doing that, women are going to have problems yeah. um, in these jobs because I'm a very feminine person, sure. I make zero apologies for that, but I still graduated from the FBI Academy just like everyone else right. did, um, and so I. I started realizing that what we need to do is show women, you don't need to change yourself to be in these jobs. And I think part of it is why we had such a shortage of particularly female special agents mm-hmm. is because they're like, well, I don't see people that resemble me and that have the same values that I have. And you can. Um, and I think also what I was seeing um, is that you know the girls didn't understand world affairs, didn't understand geography and a lot of times it was clouded by like political view and so my goal was to present information on terrorism, foreign policy, national security, whatever sort of the issue du jour was in just a very factual kind of way and letting them make their own decisions. Um, And from there, I mean, the girls have gone into the FBI, the CIA, State Department, um, some of them do national security law, so they've sort of found their way into these careers hopefully to change the gender.
0: Change the dynamic. dynamic. That's right. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, So tell me what's next. (laughs) You know, I mean, like, <laughs> because you've lived a pretty, like, cool, extraordinary life, and it's been very dynamic. Yes. Right. And so, you know, what, what, what's next?
1: So, um, well, right now I teach a, a class at TCU. I teach Intro to Criminal Justice, and kind of one of the things that I want to do, um, I've kind of been tossing around, um, is I would really like to turn my book into more of a children's level book, um, just because I have oh, a child, yeah. and um, it's definitely, I mean. I like my book, but it is not appropriate really for no, kids not. under the age of, you know, eleven or twelve. Um, and I think young girls, little girls, kind of need that. There's not. As many as I would like to see. Yeah um, no, you're right, for them having to have. a
0: daughter myself and you having a daughter. Yeah. There aren't books that empower you maybe to go out and be a special agent or be a...
1: Yeah I mean there's Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls which is great but it's very anecdotal it's just person after person. Right. None of them are ex-agency, none of them are ex-law enforcement and so I was like mm, maybe we can turn this so we're sort of
0: discussing that piece right now. That's really cool. Yeah. So these kind of teachers that really make you yeah. make a difference and make you... You're gonna
1: make me cry. No, it's Thank true, you. it's so true.
0: Well, and with just real world
1: experience, right? You know? That's why at TCU, if at first I was like, you know, I don't have a PhD, why do you want me to teach this class? And he's like, well, you would be our first former female law enforcement
0: officer. That's They're so all cool. male law mm-hmm. enforcement officers. And he's like, I think they need to see that. That's awesome. <laughs> I said, I okay. It. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's so true though, because you really do, um, you need to learn by and from people who have done what you're trying to do right not true. a theory yes, but very you've actually done what you're trying very to do true. i um, agree with that i've kind of always thought that maybe i might like attempt to teach a business class you should because i think it, it's real world information that mm-hmm. i think would be so so helpful especially mm-hmm. for teenagers i totally agree yes. with you and so i think that would be a really fun challenge yes. just to, you know
1: so well, and for the teenagers to see hey this is someone who who did it yeah right um, and, and i think
0: to see that it's, it's like practical tangible, world mm-hmm. relevant Information. Yes. So, well, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you for I've having so me. I really appreciate it. I talk to you. Oh, wait, I have one more question. Sure. Um, what was the most <laughs> exhilarating moment? Exhilarating moment?
1: I mean, probably doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing, <laughs> which was, um, we were in a war zone and we were definitely not supposed to be. But again, it goes back to the sort of unwinding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have cable TV, you don't right. have, like, things you can do. So you play with the toys that are, like, around. And by toys, I mean the things the special ops and Navy SEALs guys, sure. like, use and so they got a brand new thing of night vision goggles um, and so I put those on um, and they're like you know what see how they work if you ride our ATVs and so I got on the ATVs and I mean there were probably mines um you know like mines totally. like everywhere mm-hmm. and they're like well if you just stay on this like dirt road it <laughs> he, should be fine. You probably won't hit one. It'll be fine and oh they God. go up to like 120 miles an hour and I was like and awesome. And it's dark but can you really black. see? Can you really see? So I could Okay. but I took it all the way up to like 120 going all the way down. I probably could have been blown up at any time but it was so much fun <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no like in your dream and also time. the crash and bang course that I took you Yeah. Know, when you crash cars is it like you literally to say, but it would was fun. just
0: crash into a his- wall yes. as hard as you could and it was fun like that to me would be like pushing that pedal and doing it I think would be one of the most extraordinary and exhilarating yeah, it was really you know fun. I mean like and you're probably thinking okay how many people actually have died from this right like, <laughs> am I the first one that's going to I mean, you know so it's I mean, so granted like, the car
1: was like a boat it was like an old Lincoln right. you know yeah. with and the huge and those are made
0: of like the yeah. old steel like the good steel so you felt pretty
1: <laughs> well in scons,
0: yeah in constant in the vehicle. I've had the best time having you here today. I could sit here and talk to you all day long. Thank honestly, you. I had so much fun. The too. stories are so cool. It's just not stuff you get to hear every day. So check out Tracy on her Instagram at Tracy Walder, and if you are on YouTube, please don't forget to hit that subscribe button.